It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, February 24th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that could not think of two opposite teams to be playing this weekend in the Habs and Devils, but here we are. Yeah, it's going to be a complete change-up. I agree. It is. Okay, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about a Joel Farabee rumor that has now been started And we're going to get into the Eastern Conference playoff race all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where we post about our latest episodes, Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Locked On Flyers is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all those good places. Subscribe so you can get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. Russ, as of recording, we don't have an update on Travis Konechny, but as we've been saying, uh, probably not going to play. He's not playing. Like, I feel really confident about that. I know we're not getting updates. We should be getting updates, but we don't. But he's not playing. I just can't imagine that that he would be. Uh, you know, stranger things have happened. But From a risk uh, standpoint, no... it makes no sense. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that if there was any chance he would be playing, we would have actually heard by now yes. that everything was okay. Yes. Um, but they're probably just deciding what to do. At the I moment. think it's more of a long-term strategy that they're devising. Yeah, exactly. Uh, meanwhile, on yesterday's show, we had a bit of a discussion on Flyers players who weren't exactly fitting in with the tort system and what does that mean for them on the team and their future with the flyers and uh, one of the names we talked about was joel farabee Mm -hmm. and uh it's been very apparent you know that maybe the injury recovery hasn't been as fast as jack eichel's was who had similar surgery and the timing of Jack Eichel's relative to him being able to train more completely over the summer probably uh, affected his ability to come into this season a little better or in a little better position, I would say. Uh, but lo and behold, uh, our old pal from Philly sports back in the day, Frank Saravalli, uh, wrote a, an updated column with his trade deadline targets, and he has added Joel Farabee to that list. And it's partially because of that potential conflict there with what's going on with him this season and you know him being given a fair shake in the system. Well, it's a few things. So you talked about the next, so we move on from that. I mean, I do believe the coach likes him because he likes his feistiness and – and he and I know he sees the talent in him because he has talked about that. 
and I don't think you could take that lightly. Uh, if we wonder about his neck, teams are going to wonder about his neck. Why in the world would a team take him at that salary with four years left when you're wondering about is he going to return to the old Joel Farabee, and why would the Flyers even try and trade him because his value is down? Like, I don't see any of this happening. I just maybe it gets it's getting thrown around, but I don't believe in it. Yeah, I'm not sure it holds water either. And Sarah Valley, to be fair, also says that to a large degree in his column. But just the fact that he's on the list at all just kind of adds some extra drama in the or adds more sharks in the water right now. I'm going to go back to my default setting here, and that is teams are making trades teams there are teams that made trades already big ones there was another smaller trade today made between the um it was the blackhawks and i forget the other team but the blackhawks made another trade today they made another signing today so there are teams that are doing things but the flyers haven't done anything yet that part of it and the fact that there hasn't even been rumors to say that the flyers are close on anything is uh, saying a lot right now. So maybe this is just a way to add more Flyers news to the the daily churn. But oh, it was the Blackhawks I, on the Ducks. I knew it would come to Oh, me. yeah. 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 Uh, but especially with Farabee having five-season contract at $5 million yeah, come on. AAV. Like, that's just – he's just not really tradable no, right it's now. It's not happening. And I there's think. no reason why the Flyers should retain on him. Uh, as a young guy, the hope should be that he'll be back to form next year uh, and yeah. Torts will work it out with him because Torts generally likes his attitude and such. So, I, you know, I think it's workable. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, looking ahead to this upcoming weekend, the Flyers have two very different opponents that we are facing uh, and the Montreal Canadiens and New Jersey Devils. And first up, obviously, tonight is the Habs. And, man, they are having a go of it right now. Uh, way back in November, if we recall, the Flyers lost to the Habs 5-4 to four in a shootout, which was absolutely dreadful. Cole Caulfield tied it up. See, I remember that part. Left. Yeah, well, it's hard to forget that, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> um, and, and then, of course, uh, the Habs wound up winning in the shootout in that one. Um, but these two teams are, you know, in similar situations in that they are definitely in rebuilds. It's just the approaches are very, very different. Let's be clear. Right. Like the Canadians but, are, aren't afraid to say the word. Exactly. And and they're doing rebuild-like things yes. at the moment. Um, and, you know, there's a very clear plan there and it's being vocalized by management. Um, you know, whether it'll work or not is another story, but they have, you know, some really good prospects mm -hmm. in their system right now. And they have two first round draft picks uh, in this year's draft. So, uh, you know, they have a lot to look forward to. Uh, interestingly, on Tankathon, Montreal is only one place up from the Flyers mm -hmm. in that list. Uh, they have similar wins, but the Flyers have, um, much to many people's chagrin, racked up a lot of loser points this season. Uh, so that is really the point differential that gives Montreal one step up at the moment. Uh, but the Habs have been really interesting because they've been able to beat some really good teams this season, just intermittently. Mm -hmm. 
Um, they did beat the New Jersey Devils on Tuesday, but then, you know, they lost to the Leafs and Canes before that. Um, so it's been a, a very rocky road this season overall for the Habs. Yeah, I mean, you know, Marty St. Louis is going to try and keep them fired up and and keep um, the ship on a course at least. They're, they're not right. We know that. Uh, Jake Allen's going to play against the uh, – the Flyers and he's a really decent goalie so you know the yep. goalie matchup will be good I don't think that's the issue I you might look at the the Habs and say um they're a little beaten up on offense although Nick Suzuki will certainly do well against the Flyers because they have trouble covering those types of players but uh their defense is is a little off too there's no question about it so again you know you look at it and you say because the Flyers are at home this is a very winnable home game for them but again you got to see which team shows up now, because there are no set lineups anymore, I mean, again, I'm just stunned at this point in the season that we don't have a good idea of what any line's going to be except for maybe the fourth line and the third pairing. So, uh, you know, based on that, it really is going to depend on, on the matchups. But uh, the Flyers, much to the chagrin maybe of some fans, will will be in a position where they could win this game and pull away from the Canadians, which, again, that'll cause all kinds of mixed feelings, too. Yeah, I think it's really, we just don't want a loser point in this game. I don't think either team wants a loser point in this game. No, they don't. They don't. Well, there is a lot going on with Montreal in terms of injuries. We have a laundry list of them to talk about, plus some more players to watch out for, uh, including uh, a waiver claim. So we're going to get to that coming up next. Looking for a delicious treat? but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And what's even better is that they're healthy, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs, if, you cl- if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, Russ. So the injury list in Montreal is so it's long. A laundry I'm not list. sure. <laughs> I, I have all of them covered. But uh, one guy we will not have to worry about is Cole Caulfield that you know bit us in the last one. Unfortunately, he has a shoulder injury that he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, Yuroslav Kovsky, their number one draft pick, is on IR. Won't be seeing him either <laughs> in this one. Um, they've had uh, Jake Evans is on IR. Sean Monahan's on IR. Uh, Joel Edmondson is still in rehab. Chris Weidman is week to week. Joel Armia's day-to-day, so that's a, a question mark there. What about, about Carey Price? What's his status? Yeah, well... <laughs> That's a whole other <laughs> story. But yeah, Kirby Doc uh, won't travel to Philly for this game. Uh, yeah, just so many guys out. Man, it's it's tough for them. I mean, this is one where 
some of the young talent is going to have to step up. And, you know, somebody like Suzuki is going to have to really try and dominate a game where, you know, I think he he has it in him to some degree. Uh, I don't know if he's going to have the line mates in this one. And and they're missing some real key players in key spots, too. I mean, especially defense. Especially on, yeah, the defense is just decimated right now. And, you know, I look at their lines and there's at least six guys that I don't know who they are. Yeah. So. I mean, this is a game. It's, it's pretty brutal. It is. This is a game where you would hope that guys like Christian Dvorak and and Mike Hoffman step up, but they've kind of had subpar right. seasons. Uh, Evgeny Dadunov again could be trade bait. He's a guy that has the scoring ability. You can't just like leave him open. So I'm just, I'm saying that like as if the Flyers could hear me, but I'm just saying don't leave him open. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, Jonathan Duran doesn't even have a goal this year. Like I don't even know how that's possible. Considering what his I talent know. level used to be, it's just sad. Uh, I'll tell you, on the Rem Pitlick has been on waivers twice this season. Crazy. I think. I mean, I saw Joel Armia's day today. If if he plays, that helps him on the penalty kill, and, and he has a little bit of offense. I do like um, Jordan Harris, and, and Matheson's kind of resurrected his career a little bit. So, you know, they a little bit. They yeah. still have some guys, but man, they're yeah, they're they're going to have to get picked up by by young players here and. We'll see. I mean, you know, maybe we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who they're actually going to have in the lineup. I'm going to leave that alone. But I, I, I'm interested in this one because this is one where the Flyers could certainly take them too lightly. Yeah, especially with a lot of unknowns, yes. right, with with guys that they're not used to in the lineup. Um, I will say Josh Anderson is also really good, yes. um, although he's kind of trade bait right now, that there's, uh, you know, talk that he may be one of the people as part of the Habs. It's going to be hard with that salary, get dealt. I know. But there, the there would definitely be salary retention. Salary retention, but the years. It's a lot of years for him left. Yeah. And so, yeah, that one, I'm not so positive they can they could trade him because i think for the same reasons and they can't now because he's hurt they couldn't trade brendan gallagher i think it's going to be the same reasons they can't trade josh anderson yeah well brendan gallagher's out too yep. so you know just add him to the list <laughs> right Yuppie, where's Yuppie? is he playing uh no because it's the flyers home well game. maybe they should have Yuppie in there just saying <laughs> yeah maybe um, at least uh, on the special teams side, uh, the Habs are one of like two teams that are worse on the power play. <laughs> you didn't have to dig that hard to find that stat. That's the funny part. No, no. Uh, but the Flyers, uh, obviously the Habs PK is worse because the Flyers penalty kill has been, uh, until recently, mostly okay. Yes. The face-off percentage uh, for the Habs is better than the Flyers, but it, they're still under 50%. So this is when two, like, not great face-off yeah. teams go head-to-head. -head. Suzuki is, is pretty um, fast on the face-offs. Yeah. But, Dvorak, but they don't have anybody now, else. Dvorak is, like, a better number three center. When he's playing two, it's hard for him. But, again, when you're playing against the Flyers, really you're playing against the three also. So I think it's an even, uh, even matchup there. That's just the reality. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, then, of course, we turn around and face the New Jersey Devils uh, the very next day, who I think are in a real fun spot mm -hmm. because, you know, they're having an amazing season, but they also are struggling with respectability. Like, there's a, got a lot of, like, 
you know, we're the underdog there when they are not. And I think there's like a misconception of sort of the the place of the devils in the league right now that there isn't like they they still feel like underdogs, even though they are. Well, not, I can tell you that why. Sense. I mean, it's because who who's going to be their playoff goalie? Is it Vanacek? Is it Blackwood? Is either of them good enough to get to the conference final? Like that's a real I question. And that's <laughs> the reason, like that's the reason. Otherwise, if, you know, if they had somebody, let's say Corey Crawford was a couple of years ago when they had him and he wasn't injured, you'd be seeing a different, they'd be singing a different song to people talking about the devils, but that's their one weakness right now. I don't think they're going to be able to upgrade it at the deadline. They'll add probably another defenseman at the deadline and maybe Luke Hughes comes in on the back end, but I don't know if he's going to play that much. He might just play enough to satisfy the ELC and burn that and just sit and watch on the bench. That's possible. We'll have to wait and see, but for the Flyers, this is a tough game because you're coming back to back. They're much faster. Jack Hughes is somebody you got to really watch after. You can't really have this is one. This is a game. I just I have to put it out there that you can't have Nick Delorier and the fourth line trying to cover the first line of the Devils. You can't. No, you need faster You'll skaters. Run them, they'll run you, them right into the ground. You absolutely. I mean, this is where maybe you put together a third line yeah. that has. Owen Tippett on it, yeah. even though you may not want to do that as a general rule, you know, just because he's had some success higher up in the lineup. Right. But I think, you know, he's a guy that that goes after guys or maybe it's Wade Allison. Yeah. Um, he's slower than Tippett, but still has that aggressiveness that maybe he can help cover those guys a little bit. But yeah, the Devils are a real tough opponent. Um, but they have lost some really interesting games recently to to much weaker teams. Like we just talked about, they lost to Montreal yeah. uh, most recently before uh, last night's game, which we're recording before that one um, against the Kings. So while they won't be coming off a back-to-back, they're coming off, you know, their most recent game against a Western Conference team who was battling for playoff positioning. And I really think this Kings Devils game is going to be a rough one. I, I, so, you know, we'll see what happens in it and they'll obviously get the day of rest. But going from playing a team like the Kings to playing the Flyers is often a tough transition yeah. for good teams. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, there's a rivalry too. These teams don't like each other and, and that'll, That'll definitely show up. Um, if Miles Woods in the lineup, you can almost guarantee he will score against the Flyers because he always does. Doesn't matter. He does. Doesn't matter how many <laughs> goals he has on the season. Doesn't matter what line he's on. For some reason, they can never cover him. It's like he's. It's almost like he's. You know, basically uh, in stealth mode, and he's just you know out there. Nobody can see him. So I don't. I don't know. We'll see how all this works out. Jesper Bratt's another guy he's so hard to cover. And, you know, Dougie Hamilton's really good on the blue line. I mean, they, they have a very talented, fast-paced offense. And this is something where, very much like with Edmonton, they're going to have to do something. That early um, strategy of just dumping it in the corner, I don't think it's going to work anymore. It may have worked early in the season, but I don't think it'll work now. Yeah, they and they just have so many guys that can produce. And, you know... Hamilton on the blue line has had a, a really good season yeah. for them. Um, and I think that it's just a team that has been able to put it together on the offensive side of things, but are 
a little bit vulnerable still on the defensive mm-hmm. side of things. I mean, Severson and Sigenthaler, they're they're fine. Yeah. Like I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that's where the weaknesses are. And if the Flyers can figure out a way to get through the neutral zone quickly, there there are opportunities there. I just think that they clog up the neutral zone in in pure devil style, right? Yeah, and you basically said that with no confidence. So uh that already <laughs> shows that you're a little worried about that happening. Uh, so well, the problem for the Flyers is they only have like one guy per line who can get through right. really quickly, and you need the trailers yeah. to be able to put plays together. And that's where the Flyers' weakness is. Yeah, that's why right. they don't slingshot anymore. That that is a reason they don't slingshot anymore. It's true. Yeah, they, I, it has been a remarkable decrease in the number of slingshots. They only do it on the power play. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot going on in this weekend's matchups. And, you know, speaking of the Devils, as we are right now, they are part of this Eastern Conference shuffle that's happening in terms of playoff positioning. And so we're going to dig into who we think will come out on top when playoff time comes next. All right, Russ, the Eastern Conference is, I would say more competitive than the Western conference right now in terms yes. of having a lot more good teams or great teams in the league this year. And when you look at the current standings, uh, it seems very clear, obviously that Boston is atop the Atlantic. I don't see that going away. Carolina has a nice, a little bit of a cushion right now, but um, you know, that can obviously change at any moment Mm -hmm. but the way they're playing i don't see that changing i see carolina as winning that division they're nine and one in their last 10 like they've been going on these really great winning streaks um but then you look you know kind of beyond that and it does feel to some degree like the three top teams in the metro are going to be those three top teams in carolina new jersey and the rangers now the order could change, mm-hmm. but, um, and I, I'm just wondering to me, I think the Rangers do have the possibility of catching up with New Jersey and those two teams flip-flopping. Yeah, th- there's a possibility. Um, I'm looking right now at their schedule and it's not the easiest. They do have a lot of games left with the Penguins, Capitals, teams that are really going to be, trying hard to get in the playoffs they're they're playing the red wings who are right on the cusp too so i i think the devils are safe i think the rangers are going to end up staying where they are based on these other teams who they're fighting it feels like the rangers are making the moves in order to to make an extra push right now in that way well yeah Um, especially still not being out of the patrick kane trading sweepstakes um they may be the only team now so yeah so based another Claude Giroux situation so based on that yes but I don't think they care whether they come in one two or three I don't right I I don't think so either uh and then the but the Atlantic division is where I think the the question comes because I do I do think that the Leafs and Tampa will be in second and third but I don't know what that final order is going to be yeah I think the Leafs will edge out Tampa but again Tampa doesn't care they just they, they're actually Tampa wants to be in that spot because they want to play the Leafs in the first round because all the pressure is on the Leafs. Like that's 
how they want it. It's true. Uh, and they it don't even true. care if they're at home or not. They didn't have a home ice last year. So none of that matters no. to them. And then Boston's right. on their own island. Like they're, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it just comes down to the wild card. And right now the pens have been in a, a little bit of a tailspin. Yeah. But they have quite a few games in hand on the Islanders and the Panthers who are above them right now in the standings and uh, Detroit though is knocking on that door as well in a surprise late season push yes. here so uh, they've been playing really well and also have those games in hand uh, as well and are just one point behind well, so Pittsburgh. does Buffalo Buffalo's got a lot of games in hand too if they were to get a goalie at the deadline they certainly could stay in this race so you're going to... Can we interest you in a Felix Sandstrom? <laughs> I don't think that's enough for them, but... No, it's not. But, uh, you know, Corpusalo is a guy who um, maybe they could get. Uh, end of the day, I am going to go Penguins and Red Wings because the Red Wings, for some reason, I've been, you know, I have been following them. And while they play a little up and down, they're pretty... They're pretty steady as a team. Now, they are going through a hot streak, but they do have all these games in hand, and they're going to be put in the weird position of maybe having to buy something at the deadline because they have a chance to do that. And if they do that, that could be enough for them. Uh, the Penguins, I think Jerry will figure it out. Uh, the Islanders, I just, it's Sorokin or, or Bust. They don't have Barzell, and I think eventually that's going to show up. They're winning games 2-1. How can they do that the rest of the year? It's a lot of games. So I think that's going to be the uh the battle for them and I just don't believe in Florida. I don't. Now the Capitals are an interesting one because we'll see how Ovechkin plays when he comes back, but they may have lost the window just in the time that he was gone. That's the thing. Yeah, I think, you know, the Islanders I don't know. I don't know that they can keep it up either. They win some really remarkable games, but at the same time like, I just don't think it's sustainable with them. Right. But, I mean, you never know. No. But there's, uh, you know, there's six teams in contention, realistically, for two wild card yes. spots. And it's not usually like this. This, I late. mean, an interesting game could be if somehow the Sabres stay in it, second to last game for the season for the Rangers is against the Sabres. So... The- that could be a big game for the MSG network because um, there could be a lot of eyeballs on that game. We'll see. Yeah, I will definitely be keeping an eye on Detroit specifically yes. over the next little bit. And Florida, I got to say, who are sandwiched in there as well. Who We're having a rough season, but they've been putting more wins together recently. Hence I have. Their position right here. I still don't love the way they're playing, though. No, they're and they're still pretty weak on the defensive side of things. So. It's a, it's a giant question mark there for me, but you can't count them out at this point, No, given where they are in the standing. So we'll see how the trade deadline affects all this as well. It's going to be big. Like for these teams that we're talking about, they all have to do something. Yeah, they do. And that trade deadline. The Islanders can't, they've already done it. 
but everybody else. Right. So that trade deadline is one week from today. So the next week is going to be a very huge in determining those standings and what happens with the Flyers. So we will be back on Monday to recap those games against the Habs and Devils and any trade deadline news that happened over the weekend, if any should occur. We'll also have our nemesis of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in any questions you have for us via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers or email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great weekend, everyone.